it's the proudest day and the proudest time and the, the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still pick to that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, episode 35. Uh, delighted to be once again joined by Connor Edwards. Connor, you're very welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Great to be here. Excellent, excellent. So, um, once again, overwhelmed by the response to last week's show. You know, um, the figures are just unbelievable. The man, I can't think it's all enough. So please continue to like, share, rate the podcast. You know, the, the last few weeks have really pro- proved to us you know what that that the difference that makes so really appreciate it and please keep doing it uh this episode we will uh look uh, forward to rally spain uh with grace o'brien she's going over there to do the erc part of that with young ryan caldwell and uh, we'll also catch up with tim hoare from Michelin to sort of discover the black art of tarmac tires so that's very interesting as well but this weekend coming up the wilding uh rallies on air in wales uh, Michael McDade and Declan Casey are chasing the BRTDA Historic Championship as well as the Welsh Historic Championship as well. So we're wishing them all the best. Also in that event, then Gary McHoney is out with Seb Perez and a new historic spec uh, Porsche. So that'll be interesting to see how them two get on that. Now that that will be, you know, cool to see something a wee bit different from the Mark II out in the forest as well. And uh, and then you know, rally legends. I know. It's that's one of the, the events that has to be on the bucket list, Connor. Oh, definitely. It, it, it's yeah. Um, I've thought about it for the last few years and, and never been able to to get mainly because it's so close to WRC Spain. So uh, definitely rally legends. I think next year now now that it looks like Spain isn't going to run next year as part of the WRC calendar, I think uh, rally legends is calling. It, it's it's long overdue. Yeah, and you know Frank Kelly's back there again himself and Lauren. Uh, you know, how we would going out to slay some tires to use the American term, you know. Uh, and like and Palo Diana is gonna be there in the Fiat 131. Uh, you know, it's you know, we know the lineup of cars that's does be there every year. It's just uh, it's mouthwatering, mind bending. I don't know the superlatives fail me at the minute. Oh look, it's it's just a phenomenal event, and it's just a chance to see history driving past you, you know, from a rally perspective. And you know, they they've gone and done it. They've got the world champion. Yeah, yeah, young Kelly is going to be there, you know, yeah. uh, and Yari Matty's uh, Salika the one six five, and then Yari Matty himself is going to be there in the the one eight five. Like you know, that alone, you wanted to go to Spain or go to Italy for that alone. <laughs> Never mind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know um you put jimmy mccray going to be out in, in an impreza um and i think it's the one the best impreza that uh, the guys from rally dna featured the, the owner there a couple of weeks ago um and the rally dna guys are going to be out there killian and um jimmy so no doubt they'll come back with some fine stories along the way as well Absolutely, and then you know, your Walter Rural as well. I would, you know, would 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 give anything now to go and see Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would say we won't be too many more years now where we'll be getting into a car and driving around. So, and Mark yeah. Ulen and other legends, yeah, you know, true, yeah, actually, uh, yeah. 
that's going to be f- fascinating as well. And then, mm. you know, our own uh, Martin Brady is going to be there as well, partner up with uh, Kyle Kelly again as well too. And like, you know, Kyle's been turned into one of them drivers that you want to see as well. You know, very spectacular as well. And I'm sure Martin will have plenty of stories next week then as well, you know, so. Yeah. I'm throwing into the mix. There's a couple of rally cross cars there. PG Anderson's out. Um, what do you call it? Olive Ibe's out as well. So. Yeah. Oh, that'll be, uh, you know, you know, we always look at the videos, we see the photographs, and every year you're you're drooling just watching them, aren't you? You know, so Raleigh Legends is the place to be this weekend, I think. Yeah, definitely is. Yeah, and speaking of legends, Connor. Um, speaking of legends, indeed. So the the O'Brien name, uh, you know, legendary amongst uh, Irish rallying fraternity. Um, what do you call it? I was speaking with uh, the daughter of James O'Brien, uh, young Grace, who is heading to what do you call it, Spain next week to compete with Ryan Caldwell. So they're going to be competing on the ERC part, which is basically the Friday and Saturday stages of Rally Catalonia, uh, the uh, the same as the WRC stages. So it's they're just going to be competing over the Friday and Saturday. And that's the final or concluding round of the ERC. And uh, I caught up with Grace earlier just to have a chat. So Grace, father is well-known co-driver James O'Brien. Um, at what point did you decide rallying and in particular co-driving was going to be for you um I suppose it is a sport that look I've always grown up in um I would have followed dad throughout the years would have been there at all the events um and obviously uh as you progress through sitting with Liam O'Callaghan in the sleek and then moving in with uh Andrew Nesbitt um and they were some phenomenal years in fairness I did actually learn quite a lot from just from hanging around and then actually becoming part of the team. Um, so then I would have started competing myself just for fun with some friends um, and just went out of the weekends and just enjoyed myself. But I suppose when the opportunity came uh, that most Sport Ireland were developing academy uh, with navigators in mind, um, I thought, Do you know what, um, this is something I would very definitely enjoy uh, because, you know, I enjoy the sport as it is. I do like to put a bit of work and preparation into it. Um, so this kind of fit nicely. Um, so once I entered the academy, then I thought, right, okay, we'll, we'll give this a go. Uh, and so far, so good. And you mentioned uh, the MI Rally Academy there. And like, it's a fantastic program. But for anybody mm-hmm. who's unfamiliar, can you give us an oversight of, you know, what you do there? What sort of um, mentoring and coaching and trainings uh, available from MI? Yeah, so I suppose there's no real formal training, I suppose, when it comes to, to navigating or even driving, really. Um, it's a case of go out um, with some friends at the start and just get a feel for it, enjoy it, you know, marshal some events. Um, but when you enter the academy, um, you know, th- there is a bit more of a structure. So there are mentors. So uh, it is spearheaded by Greg Shinners and the mentors include um, Paul Nagel, Gillian Duffy, Rory Kennedy, to name just a few. And then uh, obviously on the driver's side, um, they have, I suppose, amalgamated the program to include the navigators. And there then we get, um, I suppose, mentor and, and guidance uh, regarding nutrition, uh, the exercise. Um, you know, Alan Keary would be our coach then. So um, it's fantastic to have the two sides together. Um, and then when it comes to the navigating side, obviously we have uh, specific workshops. Then we sit down and, you know, um, go through particular aspects of events, um, you know, your pre-event preparation and um, then things like looking through 
you know, regulations, um, you know, funny looking time cards, all those little things, any queries and questions. And then obviously there's a little segment on writing piece notes. Um, and I suppose the best way and, and the guidance and by having all the different mentors, you're getting different, um, I suppose, a different outlook and everybody brings something to the table, really. And it is fantastic. So it is really pooling all the resources that they have and tapping into their knowledge and expertise, basically, to give you the best um, best possible solution. And just moving on, I suppose, to, to bring, you know, bring everybody up to date. So you partnered with Ryan and Caldwell last year um, late on and you did a couple of events in the in the Opal Adam. Um, how did that partnership come about or, you know, or, or how, did, how did, you know, you get the call to, 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 to you know, obviously you're bringing more experience to the table to, to assist Ryan with his um, early start into uh, rallying. Yeah, so it was a bit like how we all start really sometimes just a phone call. Um, so I did get a message from uh, one of the event organizers saying that there was this young uh, aspiring rally driver uh, and he was looking for somebody with a little bit of experience to help and guide him through his first few events. Um, so we made contact and I said, look, we'll you know, see how we get on with his first event. So Bushwhacker Forestry uh, in um, the Opal Adam. And we got on great. He had an absolute ball. We got to the finish, which was the objective. And then, uh, you know, he got a taste when he wanted a bit more. So we said, right, um, this year we kind of, not that we'd no real plan, but at the start of the year, we said, right, we need to do as many events as possible, get as much experience as possible. It's both on tarmac and in the woods. So we targeted the Irish Tarmac Championship. Um, purely because they're, they're two-day events, two- and three-day events, so they're, they're quite tough events. Um, so mainly to kind of build up stamina and experience. And in the woods, you know, you can have a lot of a lot of fun in the woods. Um, and Ryan is uh, particularly fond of the gravel. So basically they were the two championships really we tackled, um, and thankfully they were they were quite successful this year. And and both those championships you did in the, the Fiesta Rally 4, how, how did you get on in both championships? Um, very well, to be fair. Uh, we started the year in the Rally 4 in Galway. We actually won the class. Um, and then as the year progressed, we found that, OK, we're, we're not too shabby at this. We were we were getting the results and we found ourselves at the top of the leaderboard quite early on. So we stuck at it, um, both forestry and the tarmac, and basically guided Ryan to a tarmac Rally 4 champion this year and um, I suppose the equivalent class in the forestry championship this year. Grand. And next year, or sorry, I was going to say next year, I mean next week, (laughs) you're going to Spain to compete in the ERC at Rally Catalonia. How did that come about? Yeah, so I suppose the prize really for competing and, and winning the Rally 4 class in the Irish Tarmac Championship was a round of the ERC Championship. Now, the what was advertised, the Czech Republic, was a week after Ulster, so timelines were quite tight. Um, and it just so happened then that the last round of the ERC is basically Rally Catalonia, uh, Rally Spain, which is around the World Championship. So look, it, it's fantastic that we get to do a round of the World Championship, well, well almost the full um full rally but uh yeah that's how that's really how we ended up there it really is it's a, a fantastic end um and hopefully it will be a fantastic end what's well, been an incredible year in fairness um so preparation a lot of preparation going into this it's very different from um just preparing for 
the Irish Tarmac or Irish Forestry Championship. And and can you give us a taste or a flavour of what sort of preparation you have been doing? And I suppose, you know, has your dad come into play here? Has he been offered advice? Because obviously he's got quite a number of European uh, mm. stages and, and competitions under his belt as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I suppose as part of the academy this year, I've been very fortunate to work with, I suppose, you do have dad. Um, and then there's Paul Nagel, who is, um, I suppose, Competing in his final event of the World Championship with Craig. Um, it will be sad to see him go, but it's fantastic that James um, has got the call up. Um, but I have actually been working with Paul throughout the year on some of his event preparation. So I've been given a little bit of an insight. So it's not, you know, completely out of the blue. So everything from preparing like a recce schedule. So if you look at the regs of a world or European championship, you have to, um, I suppose, prepare um and you have to recce them in a particular order and you've got so much time so you know we've worked on recce schedules like fuel schedules tire schedules a lot of different schedules there's um it's quite an itinerary to put together a lot of people involved in that and i've been very lucky that i've been working with m sport poland as well so they've been helping uh with a little bit of guidance and of course i've been, been tapping into that as well so um there's plenty there's plenty of help out there for us thankfully and has it been a case of, you know, watching a lot of videos, uh, uh, you know, the, some of the stages of or, or repeats from previous mm. years? Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of stages are repeats. Um, there are a few new stages to this, but um, in fairness, Josh Macklin has been very good with his time as well. Um, and the likes of Brian Hoy. So they've been very helpful, you know, considering where their um, exper- expertise lie. Um, and giving us a bit of guidance. So yes, definitely a lot of uh, watching in care, watching you know the the videos that the organisers actually give us, and then tying that in with onboards from previous years kind of gives you an idea of, of what to expect. Um, it's very fast, very very smooth asphalt. So should be should be nice. And. I suppose what what's what's the objective or what's the goal? Is it is it just to get experience against you know the European and world competitors? Is it to benchmark you know yourselves? Uh, what 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 are you looking to to come away from Spain with? I suppose it would it would really be to benchmark ourselves. Obviously, go out, get the experience, um, prepare as much as we can now, so that we can actually enjoy the event too. But definitely benchmark ourselves against the other European, I suppose, uh, Rally Four competitors, um, to get to the end. Would obviously be fantastic. It'd be a fantastic result. Um, but like we just go out, see what we can do. Really uh, enjoy ourselves. Um, but yeah, we put in the hard work now. So if you put in the the work before. It's, you know, it's not as daunting. Right. And is, is it early days yet for next year? Or, you know, if, if you go to Spain, will this give you a taste for more ERC events? Or is that that not really on the plans for next year? Um, I haven't really looked too far ahead yet. I think if we get through um, this weekend in Spain, um, because it has been quite a long year, we've done quite a number of events, really. I think I was just looking back, we've done 14, 15 events. Um, so there's been a lot of time and, and a lot of work has gone into this year. So once we get through Spain, then I think we'd sit back and go back to the drawing board and see see what's on the cards for next year. Brilliant. Um, well, look, we're all going to be fascinated and interested to see how you get on in Spain. Um, and just, just before we wrap up, I suppose... Mm-hmm. 
rallying rallying itself has has been you know uh, from a female competitor perspective it was ahead of its time we had a female world champion etc um mm-hmm. now i suppose if we look at the the leading teams or the or the main works teams we haven't had a female driver in a long time but what do you feel you know the sport needs to do to encourage more women to to be involved um I suppose, like, if you have the ability and the passion for the sport, whether you're male or female, go for it. You know, if you really enjoy it, it's something that I've grown up in. Um, a lot of my friends, they don't understand it. They don't come to the events. But I would say to anybody, if you do have the passion for it, if you have the ability for it, give it a go. You know, uh, you can, there's a lot of different ways. You can sign up, become a marshal, you can become part of the team, get stuck in, um, or just like I did at the start, the two of us, we just jumped in, had a bit of fun and see where it went. Um, so that's really how I would encourage it. If you enjoy it, um, if it, you think it's something you like, give it a go. Right? There's nothing to lose, really. A huge thanks to Grace for, for, for giving me a bit of time earlier because um, I know she's extremely busy prepping for Spain. They're, they're traveling out very shortly. And certainly, you know, we're all going to be very interested to see how herself and Ryan get on in that, that ERC. And not only is there a chance for them to, to compare themselves to the ERC competitors, they also get to compare themselves to the WRC guys as well. Um, and Kevin, you caught up with Tim Hoare earlier. Yeah, Tim from, uh, from Michelin, you know. It was fascinating at the start of the year when we he talked about the snow tires and we said we were getting back on again before the end of the year. Like how his passion for tires and all is just you know it's it a joy to listen to him. And you know he, I think personally I found the way he explained the tarmac tires very interesting and it, it broke it down the way that I could under, I understood. So I hope everybody else enjoyed it as much as I did. So without further ado, we'll hear from Tim. Yeah, look, uh, tires. Um... I suppose it, it's all driven by the FIA. You know, we we used to use slick tires, completely slick, no um, no cuts or no uh, no compromise on the tires. We had 100% slicks and wets. About 2014, the FIA decided that it was a uh, you know a bit dangerous. Guys leaving service park on a 100% slick tire and uh, doing a, a loop with three stages, and the weather can change drastically. So. They decided that the the, the slick tire, that the, the new slick tire, was going to actually have an element of uh, of opening in the tire. So there's about twenty two percent void in the tire now. So every tire has a little bit of capability for rain, for a little bit of water. So you're not completely cut out on the wrong tire. So what we would call a normal slick tire at the moment, that's got some capability for wet. The idea at the time was that we were going to going to have one tyre completely. There was going to be no wet tyres anymore. It's going to be one all-around fitment. They thought 22% maybe would be enough. But we found out then throughout kind of 15, 16, that actually we did need a rain tyre still. So they um, they modified the regulations again. So we now have a, a slick, which is the tyre we all recognise. And we have the, well, the wet, which has about 28% void and looks more more like a road tire so yeah there that's the difference at the moment between the wet and the slick yeah. and, and and within them two categories then they're like you know there's compounds what is you know is there a major difference in the, the compound of each grade of tire then i suppose the easiest way to to look at it is if you go straight to the wet we have two 
wet patterns, we'd have a an FW, which is a very deep pattern wet, which would be for a monsoon condition. And FW stands for full wet. And um, we have an MW, which would be our wet weather tire, which would be for, you know, not too much standing water, but uh, a fully wet uh, stage. So for those two tires, there's only one compound available. Mm -hmm. Moving on then to slicks, we have uh, four options. And uh, roughly speaking, you can take it in, in 10 degree increments. You have the super soft, which goes from minus five to five. We'd call that the Monte Carlo tire. So you're looking for a tire that, that where the rally will run, even though if it's in uh, a minus conditions. We don't really see that here because the rally tends to get cancelled if, if the conditions are very slippery mm -hmm. and icy because the, the services can't get into the stages. We had a, an icy rally in Galway, maybe back in 16, I think it was, where we lost stages in the morning because there was ice and uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the crews couldn't get in. So the, the super soft would go from minus five to five. Then we have the soft, which goes from uh, 5 to 15, let's say. Mm -hmm. Then you have the medium, which is 15 to 25. And we have the hard, which is 25 to above and above. Now, these bands are, um, are very flexible. It would depend on, on the driver, on how aggressive the, the, the tire is. So, you know, but roughly speaking, they're the bands that they fall into. Okay, okay. And then, you know, we see like in road cars the development the tires you know because like the tire is the contact between the car and the road like how vital it is and like you know these are continually being developed for the road use is, is it the same with rally and is the tires con continually being you know tweaked and uh, upgraded all, all the time yeah it would be a constant um part of my job i, I would be at uh, you know at tests in different parts of europe the range has been worked on all the time. It's down to money, really, at the end of the day. We have a certain amount of money for development. So we we look at the range, you know, month to month, and we see where there's a, maybe a little bit of scope for improvement, and we'll, uh, we work on that. We, we have a new tyre coming out in November now, which is the new uh, soft tyre to replace this, the current soft we have. So, yeah, it, it's a budget thing. Is you know we have a certain amount of money to spend, so we'll uh, we'll spend what we have. But yeah, there is always some little tweaks and work going on. Yeah. This is um, a compound tweak rather than a sculpture tweak. So it's the uh, it would look like the same tire, but it's a change in the rubbers. Yeah, and would, would the driver notice a massive difference? You know, with the on the, that on the car, or is like, is it sometimes in the head as much as anything else, or? Um, no, if the if the tweak is that small, it won't be done. Really, it's not uh -huh. worth it for us. It, okay. it should be. It needs to be a substantial step, as we call it, to mm -hmm. uh, to go through the the development cycle. Like yeah. we would probably try different compound tweaks all the time in different championships, and we have the advantage of being, you know, at the circuit racing, and we're at different places all the time. So if they find a tweak and they run a maybe a prototype batch and they the driver feels there is a big step then we'll we'll go and do a, a round but, but if it's a small tweak it probably won't get through okay and then you know we've seen here in ireland this year like, and i'm sure this is the same all across europe like rallies and sometimes you know stages sometimes rallies been you know been you know like a second a tenth of a second deciding like how vital is it yeah, to have the fantastic. right tire yeah you know and you know i think a lot of that's down to the r5 category rally two category but like how vital then is it to have the right tires on? You know, like what is it? You know, well, a compound could be the difference 
and won the rally and losing the rally at times. Uh, definitely, it, 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 it can, yeah. Um, I mean, we saw that in Donegal this year. Um, I think the first loop in Donegal was a, a very sobering one for for me anyway. Um, you know, There was such a, a variety there. It was wet out on the stage. It was dry here. It was, you know, it was impossible to get it right. Um, sometimes you, you can uh, you can get a, a situation where over the three loops of stages, it, it's actually it, it balances out. So it doesn't actually matter which one you're on. But um, you see it yourself at the end of the loop. That there was always a, a compound that, that was the right one. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be foolish enough to say that I always get it right, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's down. I suppose the team themselves and the driver and the crew have to make a decision. It's their decision in the end of the day, and a big part of it is whether they commit to the to the compound. Then, because mm -hmm. if, if the compound, for example, is a little bit hard, and they know it's a bit hard, and and they know that, and, and they go really, really hard, then and work the tire, then it, it can come good and really deliver. So, you know, for me, rallying is down to the drive, the crew, and the driver, and. Uh, that's a big part of it. Yeah, and like you know, you mentioned Donegal earlier this year. Like the weather conditions were, you know, like crazy. That like, you know, it was dry and wet. One thing or another. Do you, how do you uh, like, have you got a weather crew there working in conjunction with yourselves, or you know, you know, how do you predict what the weather is going to do? I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Um, look, <laughs> everybody's got their feet on the ground, haven't they? Every, the mobile phone has made it so much easier uh, to get people on the ground and have contact on the stages but you really you try your best but the weather moves so fast and you know how quickly a stage can dry can vary as well and the wind and how warm the ground is so we can do we, we try our best you know mm -hmm. um I, I try and make sure if there's two of us there one of us is in service and one is out on on the stages uh you know spread your bets a little bit and try and get it right but you know we're only one cog in the wheel you know the the team the guy running the car will have an opinion, the driver, the co-driver sometimes. Uh, and they'll have trusted people out on, on the stages as well. They, they're used to working with and know how how hard they want to go and how mm -hmm. confident they are in the wet or how confident they are in, in gravelly conditions. So mm -hmm. it has to, for me, the, the crew have to, you know, make the final call, don't they? And uh, mm -hmm. they're in the car. Uh -huh. And like, do you know? Do you go out and do a reiki of the stages? Like I know, I was talking to one driver, and they can tell almost by the you know the the, tar, the type of tar on the road how quickly it'll dry or whatever. Like, is that something that you'd be looking at as well? When, you know, on the lead up to the event as well. Yeah, yeah. In a, it won't always be me, but somebody will be going around the stages looking at the tar, the type of tar. We do a kind of a summary then of of what type of conditions. But the biggest one of all is it on the morning. Right. The weather and, and yes. how wet or dry it is and what the temperature looks like and the the online apps are, are really helpful as well to try and predict mm -hmm. we're looking at you know ordering the tires weeks beforehand and trying to have them on the truck we don't just wave a magic wand and and have right. tires appear in the back of the truck in that kenny it's not yeah. it doesn't happen like that unfortunately which mm -hmm. it did sometimes but, uh, <laughs> it and it, uh, sometimes you know we see drivers out at the start of the stages and one thing or another and they're adjusting the tire pressures does that make a huge difference then? Is it is it down to like again points of a you know of a bar or whatever that you know the temp or the pressure? Can that make such a, a huge difference? Yeah, it does. It does, and I think that the further up the food chain you go in rallying, you see um, how obsessive they become about pressures. Uh, 
some some crews it's the co-driver some crews it's the driver um it makes a huge difference yeah mm. that would be a big part of my job it's point one of a bar you're adjusting by um start pressure leaving service warming up the tires the start pressure just before the stage starts getting trying to get it close you can to the stage start before you put the final pressure check in and then of course you've got the the drivers have to be very adjustable because they might have to sit then for 10 minutes at the start line you're losing all your whole plan then is it's gone out the window so you know that that's where the skill of the driver and the crew come in uh-huh. to, to get the tires back into their operating zone as such then really is it yeah, and, and the, the operating zone that they like, you know. Some yeah. crews would, would like a little bit more pressure. Other crews are comfortable with a bit of movement in the car, and it's down to their preference, you know. Mm-hmm. So that kind of probably that answers the next question. Like, do certain crews handle, you know, or manage their tyres better? You know, you talked about a little bit of three stages. You know, some crews make it the best out of it in the first stage, where, the, you know, some might get, you know, by the third stage, that they're really bringing the tyres into their own, are they, or...? Um, I think look, it depends what what stage they are in the rally, isn't it? You know, the, the first stage of the block, some people are settling themselves in, other people are going absolutely hard right to the floor from the very first kilometer. So that comes down to experience and what what a guy's there to do. Is it his first weekend in the car, or is he fighting for? Is, is he you know if a guy's a minute ahead and he's got nothing to fight for, it's it's about managing the pace then and and keeping your concentration. So the way you're wearing the tires is going to be a huge. Uh, it's going to be a very different day to if you're buying a battle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like yeah, if, you know, say somebody was a minute behind, would you advise them then maybe to go on a safe tire? Then is there such a thing as a safe tire, or you know, is it just does 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 the, t- the the battle dictate the tire? Is that is that, is that maybe a strange way of putting it? I think it's the crew will will know themselves where they are right. on the day, and okay. uh, there there would there is a safe choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the weather just takes there's only one choice, and there's no real uh, real decision to be made. You, know, you look at the temperature, you look at the, the condition of the road, and yeah, listen, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this tire. But, you know, other times there is a bit of pace to be had by taking a chance and uh, guys will do it. And uh, that's another experience thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, to suppose to start to wrap things up, like, you know, we see, as I say earlier on, that, you know, bit, you know, stages, you know, it's been won by seconds or points a second. Like, can tyres keep, is there, will there always be more development in tyres or have we reached the point that you think it can't go any further? Yeah, I, I had this conversation with somebody over the weekend. Actually, I was in uh, I was in Brands Hatch at a circuit event, and it, it it is always ongoing, you know. And it's it's not just tires; it's um, it's brakes, it's suspension, dampers. Uh, you know, it, there, there's pace being found all the time, even in in controlled uh, formulas. It, it, you say, okay, this is the third year we've been at this track with the same car, and yet they're getting it's getting faster and faster and faster. Mm-hmm. So the teams are always finding extra pace that brings extra pace on the tire and extra strain on the tire. So we need to keep up with that with new materials, new construction methods. So that's that's all ongoing. That's happening every month. I can suppose that you know probably back in the eighties, the guys driving you know the Quattro thought they had, you know this was the be all and end all. It didn't get any better, but everything, as you say, it just keeps evolving the whole time. And like the tires from back then are probably you wouldn't recognize them from the tires today. 
No, because the brakes would be so much better now that they would give the tyres too much of a hard time. Um, you know, and that's because everything else has, has come up. And do, you, and do you still get the great satisfaction from seeing new tyres being developed and, you know, uh, all the time? And, does you know, does that give you great job satisfaction that you can bring out a new tyre and say this could be the one that will make the difference? It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, every every tyre manufacturer will have that. Um, like we have a we have a new tyre coming out on November and to plug a, a gap that, that I, I think maybe was there on the cooler side of the of the range and um, I, I've been to the initial uh, tests in in, uh, in France for over the last few weeks and, I, and they've shown us what it can do and uh, it's fantastic to see whatever they found something else and I, I wouldn't even know what they found to be honest because yeah. the product development team are at work in their own kind of zone so I wouldn't even know what they're doing with the mixes and the construction but they found something with this new tyre so mm-hmm. And every other brand would have the same thing, I'm sure. You know, there's, there's always new tires coming out and there's new dampers coming out and there's new brake pads coming out. There's always something. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's very satisfying for me to know that I'm working for, you know, a company that can bring this kind of uh, development. And they have an interest in rallying as well, which is another thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we used to always, you know, hear about, you know, like Ford or whatever, you know, one on a Sunday, you know, sell on a Monday. Does that feed down into the, the road tyres as well? You know, like this, these developments, does that trickle down through? Um, it, it, and the technology trickles down through, yeah. I mean, if you look at the um, at the pattern for, uh, like, on our very, very t- high-end uh, track day tyres, like the Pilot Sport Cup 2s, if you look at the pattern on that and look at the pattern on our, you know, uh, slick rally tires it's a very similar pattern mm-hmm. you can see that they we, we we've drawn from there um the whatever r and d they've they've used to find that the exact shape of the of the uh of the of the contact patch and the the design on the on the t- rubbers you can see exactly what, where it's coming from excellent, excellent well tim i really appreciate you taking the time and as i say it's been a pleasure chatting to you once again all I can say is my, my thoughts are with them in Donegal this weekend. It's not, uh, you know, it, it's lovely to be on, but I, I know I'm only here because you don't have Sam and, and Callum and all the other guys on to mm-hmm. regale you with their battles of the weekend. So I appreciate the time. So we'd just like to echo Tim's comments there, you know, um, pass on the deepest condolences to the, you know, the, the families and the people of Priestley. Um, it's been horrifying watching the story unfold this last few days. Um, just tell Kim to keep her mind around what what happened, you know. So wishing them, you know, what what can words can we say, you know? Just wishing them that you know at this time of need that there's people around them to look after them and you know to stay strong. You know, it's a dark day for them. Uh, lovely to see the uh, Amber Barrett scoring the goal for Ireland last night to take Ireland through to the World Cup. You know, it's. Sometimes the darkest times, you know, there's always a chink of light. So it was nice to see that, wasn't it, Connor? I was indeed. Uh, you know, it's just I think words fail us at yeah. times like this, and mm-hmm. uh, what they call it, you know, just your heart goes out to the the family and friends of of uh-huh. all of those that were were caught up in this. Yeah. So I think all those ten people that like, may they rest in peace, and you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the people that Christ at this difficult time. You know, so. Uh, you know, I suppose then on breaking news this weekend too, or this week, um, James Fulton has signed them to sit with Craig for Rally Japan and then going into 2023. Um, brilliant for James. This, you know, this could be, you know, it's well deserved. When you look at the names he has sat with over the years, uh, like 
that's that's you know that's great the, you know he's made the final step up because he has served his time he has come up through the sport you know he started here in Ireland he has competed across uh, in the world championship with Josh you know he's done events in America he's been out in the Middle East you know um, he's a hugely experienced competitor Absolutely, he's earned his stripes okay. And then in addition to the competition side of things, he's also been doing some of the testing with Craig um, back in the Hyundai days last year and the year before. So, you know, certainly it won't be his first time uh, or or either of them first time with each other. So Mm -hmm. that's good to see. And, you know, very sad to see Paul stepping aside. He's had a fabulous career in WRC. um, And Paul's, you know, will be there in Japan to to help James, you know, to, to get bedded in, etc. I and like and Craig's post there as well as in social media, he was very quick to, you know, to point out that Paul's not retiring, you know, he's he's stepping back from his WRC commitments. You know, they're going to have many more adventures. You know, we've all seen Craig's uh, you know, love of come back and competing in Ireland in certain events and one thing or another. So like that, you know, there's a, a chink of light that, that might continue, you know, and with the likes of Killarney Historics or few events like that that he wants to go and do for a bit of fun so you know it looks as if Paul's going to be back for those type of events as well yeah which is great to see you know we're we're lucky you know a very experienced co-driver and he's one of our own and we get to see him you know competing on home soil and uh, I know in the past he's expressed uh, you know one of his greatest achievements was was picking up the historics title so um, I would say he'll be looking for a fastest time in Malls Gap at some point as well in the future. <laughs> That's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah, so that was episode 35. So once again, please like, share, comment, rate, all those things, which, as we said at the start there, is hugely important. So uh, thanks very much for listening. And until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye. <laughs>